Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. I feel like everyone had to figure out a different way of doing content because yeah. of that. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I mean, we, we like took a, a big I, step back yeah, from, right. our, from our channel and right. now we're just doing this and I, I kind of love it. Yeah. It's like we're using it as like a place to just learn and I just have like this like passion for like becoming educated yeah. uh, in places yeah. that I yeah. haven't been. I'm like awesome. a, a fear of just being like an ignorant white person. I mean, <laughs> I, yeah. I, I definitely don't want to be like that. I feel I, the same way about being an ignorant American. Yeah. Every time I, I go I, overseas, I just, yeah. Right. Yeah. I think, yeah. It, yeah, ignorance is something that, especially like, you know, coming up in this age and generation, like you have no excuse to be ignorant yeah. at this point because oh, yeah. all the resources are out there. So it's like, it's like, it's like double worse if you are like choosing ex- yeah. essentially to like not do yeah. work. Yeah. an idiot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's also like, I, I don't know, it's almost embarrassing to mm-hmm. kind of drop your garden garden, just admit that you don't know anything. Right. And yeah. I, that's like, that was like the biggest hurdle for me, I think at the beginning of all of this. Mm. Wow. Um, and like the, the, honestly, the pandemic has helped me just take time to do research and like really realize how ignorant I was. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I know I, I just regret a lot about like, are you looking into specific to... things or are you talking specifically about like learning about race? I think I, race has definitely been a big one yeah. that I've done a lot of research about during this pandemic. Um, what do you think was that turning point for you guys? Definitely the Black Lives Matter okay. movement. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it sucks that something like that had to happen to open my eyes. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. But you, you also don't know what you don't know. And yeah. so I never feel like, I mean, obviously it can get really tiring educating people about certain things, mm. but at the same time, I'm like, how, how are people supposed to know this if this is not their experience, it's, if it's something they never witness? And so mm. I think it's really admirable for a, an event like that to even make you curious to even look into yeah. it. Because there, there definitely are people that will do the exact opposite, yeah. see events <laughs> like that and purposely like say, oh, that that doesn't have to do with me or I don't care, or they'll even like try to find excuses for it. Too, yeah, right? they're so actors. Like, yeah, yeah, so... Oh, there's yeah. there, there's a lot of responses, so I think it's a positive thing to to like kind of internalize it and and you know want to like look into it more and everything. Yeah, so. yeah. And I did that, and then the same thing happened for me too. Like, you know, when that when all that happened, and I mean, even from like 2016, I think when BLM first like was kind of mm-hmm. bubbling up, like same thing. I was I was not part of that community too. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I need mm-hmm. to also do some research and and understand too. So I think it's just in general there needs to be more conversations and more like education and you know conversations like this because definitely yeah. yeah that was a big reason why i i was actually really you know pleasantly surprised to like get the text from i guess our youtube whatever dolan twins yeah <laughs> how do they know who i they don't know who i am <laughs> i'm nobody on their radar so i was yeah uh, I, was, I was pleasantly surprised and i felt the same like i mean with you guys i feel like 
I don't know. You guys maybe, are OGs. Yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah, really. I feel like I'm nobody. Like I'm just like this young kid that came up afterwards, and right. I mean, I'm already off. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. oh this, wow! This, I'm a dinosaur. No, no, not like I. No, I, I know what you're saying. I wanted to move yeah. into something else. It's yeah. not. I get it. Yeah. No, I, re- I respect YouTube, and I think it's like, it's hard. Yeah. It's it's hard. And, yeah. And yeah. this this conversation can go in so many directions. I know. Because it I is know. like obviously like we, there's so much to talk about like in terms of race and current events, but yeah. and also like the whole like YouTube generation gap too, oh, and yeah. how what you guys experienced coming over from Vine to YouTube is very different from what we experienced when we were like, you know, coming up on YouTube. So yeah. Yeah. And Phil, Phil has like a really intense film background as well. So I feel like it's also different. I don't know if you guys are also filmmakers, but we want to, yeah, yeah. we have passion for it. And I feel like when you're on YouTube and specifically want to like do film at the same time Mm -hmm. or transition into film, it's also like a whole other hurdle with stigma. Yeah, you too. Yeah, Yeah. you're definitely filming. And I think actually technically I feel like everyone that is on YouTube that's making content is a filmmaker yeah. in some sure. sense, like or I mean, they you want to they want to di- dilute it down to oh, you're a content creator, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you know your angles, you know lighting, you know when to like turn <laughs> it on. Oh, That's yeah. filmmaking. You know, yeah. the, you know how to story. You know how to put your story into like a condensed. You know, a few words. That's storytelling. That's that's filmmaking. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. And so you're you're doing something spectacular with your ability to to make films and everything. Um, as far as representation goes on YouTube right. on the platform. Mm-hmm. If, Thank you. Yeah. I mean, it's been a it's been a long time. It's funny that yeah, you you talk about being like the the new kids because actually I feel like there was probably some creator summit or some event where I I, I do remember seeing you guys like yeah he was at, they were at the Cardi B one okay. we were talking yeah. about it earlier they okay. were at the creator summit right. at the same time as us yeah we went to the past three okay yeah but yeah. before yeah, yeah before yeah. we stopped right. And I just remember like, oh, like, yeah, like those are those are like the, the new young guns. And yeah. those, are pro- those are probably the people that all the the teenagers outside are like, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. When, when I walk out, it's like anyone. No? Yeah, right, no. Cool. Oh, oh, and yeah, they're like people okay. screaming, chasing after you guys. And we're like, OK, cool, cool. See yeah. you later, dudes. But no, we've been we've been on like for Wong Fu. We've been on. Um, so I'm from, I have a channel called Wong Fu Productions that co-founded uh, back in actually technically like 2004 before YouTube even existed. Yeah. So you, you guys were maybe like elementary school or something. <laughs> Almost. Or not oh, not even. Oh my God. Oh God. It's all right. I, I, I'm going to move past that. I'm going to move past that. Oh my God. That. This is age. This is age. I just okay. want to say, I, I remember watching your videos a lot when, no I, was, when I was younger. Are you oh. real? Are you sure you're not getting us mixed be, be up with real. like Kev Jumba and, and no, no. Higa? <laughs> but you did like Agents of Secret stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Ryan's good stuff, yeah. yeah. And and yeah, Ryan's, Ryan's an OG with, uh, you know, with us too. Uh, but yeah, like when, when YouTube first started, it really was more of like a tool for I think for creators and filmmakers who were looking for like either a backdoor or a different way to express themselves outside of the the, the Hollywood system yeah. because there's too much red tape. Yeah. And then you know for us, you know we didn't even I never started YouTube wanting to be a filmmaker. I it literally was just out of kind of happenstance that mm-hmm. when we started, oh a lot of specifically Asian Americans started watching us and. I was still in college, and then when we graduated, like we started to see it kind of forming a little bit, you know, um, or the community being stronger, I guess. Not not just the Asian community, but also just the YouTube community. Mm-hmm. And you started seeing like, oh, people are like telling their viewers to subscribe to their channel. Oh, this yeah. is a thing that we're supposed <laughs> to do. It, for me, it was literally just free bandwidth yeah. on a website. And like going back then, like that was really hard to find. It's very normal for us to like have a, our phone now and be like, oh, yeah, you can watch a video on our phone. But like mm-hmm. there was a time when... There was a time when, yeah. Yeah, you know, it was you had to download a video onto your computer to like watch on a 
media player anyways and i remember it too like back in the day all the all the big youtubers like in early youtube days were asian american you Mm -hmm. had like michelle fan and and what was her name happy slip community channel channel, and i felt like i mean i started doing youtube because i was so fed up with the traditional acting world Mm -hmm. because everything i went out for was so racist it was like Mm -hmm. a girl who's like crying because she got a b or um a massage therapist who has to like lower out of frame to give someone a blow job or like just like horribly sexualized shit and i was so upset with the way that I was being portrayed like my first movie role that paid my rent this white guy has to ask um is your pussy slanted too and I remember, be, like, the way that everyone laughed on set, I, like, w- I just felt humiliated. And, like, I wanted to shrivel up and die. And I was like, I, I never want to cash in a check for this kind of humiliation ever again. So yeah. I started actually going to YouTube um, to, to be like, oh, I want to portray myself as, like, a full human being, yeah. as a three-dimensional yeah. human being. Yeah. And, that's, and that's actually, like, a big challenge for a lot of, I think, just any, any minority coming up in the mainstream system, but especially, like, for Asian Americans who are still relatively new to the industry, of just like a couple decades but yeah we were we were confined to like just a few certain type of roles um and you know for for me yeah it was just on youtube like we didn't even have to th- like there was no limitations of like no one was telling us no or we, what we couldn't be and i think that's probably what attracted you a lot to it too mm-hmm. yeah. but like we didn't even realize honestly like growing up i i you know i i saw jackie chan i was a huge jackie chan fan like like things like that but like i had to relate to white characters and black yeah. characters actually mm-hmm. I, had, I had i would watch friends and be like oh i'm such a ross i'm so not like you know, <laughs> like there's nothing about me but I, I had to find those things you know where yeah. like i'd watch a rom-com and, and i'd have to like find oh this is how i relate to ryan reynolds or something yeah right? um so definitely you know through youtube we were able to find ways to express ourselves to our stories unapologetically and without having to explain to anyone why and i think the, a big reason why we had so many asian american followers and so many asian americans creators early on was because it was really the only place we could go anyways and mm-hmm. for as creators to make our stuff and as consumers to even see our faces yeah because outside of that there really was it's like the else. yellow ranger and like <laughs> lucy lou i right, remember right. like i could count on like one hand the amount of asian characters right. i saw growing up yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. So. yeah and i mean growing up um for us I, I that's something that i literally just had no idea about and I, I felt so ignorant and stupid to learn so late that, and to open my eyes up, I mean, Grayson and I have been recently watching a lot of movies lately, um, and when we watch all the classics, it's always just white people, yeah. <laughs> and and yeah. racist stuff, yeah. and um, yeah, it's it's not right, and... Um, up until very, re- like, even very recently, like, I was just watching, I forget what it was, but like, uh, like even 2012, 2013, I'm like, oh, like, this movie is just... I think oh yeah, I was watching like Crazy Stupid Love, which is a which is a great film. Yeah. Like it's got great people, but I'm like, oh, there's not one person of color like in this yeah. in this like ensemble cast. Oh right? I guess it's a family, but still like there's and, and I feel you like know? once you the annoying thing is once you have those that filter on, like when you really see it, you can't stop seeing it, and yes. it's really annoying. Like I've been really obsessed with stock. Like shout out to GameStop, um, <laughs> but I was rewatching The Big Short because I was like, oh, I have so much more stock knowledge now because I've been deep diving into this for a year. <laughs> and the only Asian character in The Big Short speaks in an Asian language. They pretend he can't speak English, mm-hmm. and he like turns to the camera and goes, actually, they just say this racist shit about me to make me seem like I'm I'm smarter than I am. 
actually am. Yeah. And I, I remember growing up and like even at the Oscars, remember when they paraded those like Asian kids, kids on stage yeah, yeah. and made a joke out of them? They yeah. said that these were the accountants for the Oscars yeah. and the parents were furious. They're like, this is my child. I didn't mm. agree to this joke. You didn't tell me the context of which you were going to make fun of our children in a global setting. Yeah. Um, and so I, it's just, it's so weird as an Asian person to go from always being the butt of the joke and being viewed as like, either harmless and hypersexualized or emasculated as a male and then all of a sudden the pandemic hits and you're treated as a threat mm -hmm. or you're a hostile person yeah. and so I, I think that's been the biggest like mind fuck of my life is going so fast from oh no one considers me anything but like cute and kind of infantilizes me to now like people wanting to spit on me and hurt me and yeah I mean that goes into have you guys kind of has it reached your guys' radar or, or sphere of like what the model minority myth is and all that stuff? Yes. Yeah, so. I, I wanted to learn more about that and deep dive into that. Yeah, I mean, so like just kind of going off with what Anna was saying, like, you know, we have this label that that's put on us as, you know, we are so model minority basically saying like as a minority in this country, um, we did everything right and we did we did we did all the good things to be the best type of minority in America. Mm -hmm. You know, we're smart, we worked hard, we became successful, we, you know, we worked, we pulled ourselves up by the bootstraps, right? Mm -hmm. That was what, that was the label that they, that they put on, on just generally Asian American, Asian Americans. And this kind of starts like right after like the 1950s mm -hmm. when, um, I mean, we can go into Japanese internment camps and everything, but like, um, essentially, uh, we were used as like an excuse to, and people don't talk about this but, uh, th that much, but pe we, were, we were used as like a wedge to say essentially to like black and brown people like, hey, Asian people were, were able to do it. Mm. Why can't you? Yeah. Right. And so the sucky thing about that is that that actually made our communities kind of have tension yeah. mm -hmm. uh, with each other. Because mm -hmm. obviously when if I'm a black person and I'm and I'm hearing and saying, oh, the Asians are so good. And, mm -hmm. and actually a lot of Asian people are drinking the Kool-Aid, too, and they're growing up thinking yeah. the same thing. Yeah. They might treat people, other you know, other people like as lesser than them. And also, like right. the the disparity between black people who were enslaved in this country, they were brought to this country from nothing. Asian people, when we were finally allowed to immigrate after the the Chinese Exclusion mm -hmm. Act, they selectively said, "You can come to America from an Asian country if you're smart, if you're intensely educated, if you have something to offer, like be a doctor or a lawyer." Like mm -hmm. it was a really intense immigration process. Mm -hmm. So, in terms of like if you're comparing black people and Asian people in America, we were selectively brought over for our skills. And and here you have disenfranchised black people who have been and, you know, hindered their entire, yeah. entire life, lifetimes mm -hmm. over. Right. Um, and so I feel like it's a really unfair comparison yeah. that we've had to deal with. And I want to say, like, that's definitely in modern times, too. Like, I mean, there have been, uh, you know, Chinese laborers here since, like, the late 1800s that came over as, like, cheap labor, essentially. So, like, mm -hmm. we, were, we were, like, the new slaves, essentially, were, mm -hmm. that were still coming over here, brought over. But then there was, like, these laws, the most famous one is the Exclusion Act, which, mm -hmm. which is still the only law in American history that excluded a particular race and nationality to, to, to immigrate to the United States. And before that, they wouldn't even allow women to, to immigrate to oh, America. Oh, yeah, the Chinese uh, women, yeah. Right, so you had a bunch of Asian men that were here that, had, that weren't allowed to marry because it was illegal to even just have interracial marriage back then. And then they weren't even allowing... Asian women or Chinese women to come. So that led to just a whole domino effect of like Asian men being emasculated, being, um, you know, just targeted as just like the, the lowest of the low. Mm -hmm. um, but going back to the model minority, like, so yeah, like where, where we're at now is that when things are really good, um, you know, they look at 
Asian people and say, hey, yeah, you guys are smart. You guys, you guys got it all. And it, yeah, it pits everyone like that's basically under white people against each other. We're mm -hmm. all basically fighting for second place. And unfortunately, yeah, there's even a lot of Asian people that are trying to be white adjacent because they want to believe that as long as I get closer to that top, I, am, I have more power, I have more agency, things like that. Yeah. And so you see a lot of tension. Um, it might not meet, reach your guys' Twitter sphere, but like, yeah, there's, a, there's actually, unfortunately, a lot of tension between like Asian and black you know, communities right now because, um, because of this model minority myth that is essentially just pitting us against each other. Yeah. Right? yeah. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. I guess so. And, and so in 1950, is it safe to say or accurate to yeah. say that a bunch of white government officials kind of came up, came up with the strategy mm to make people who were underprivileged and excluded, mm -hmm. you know what I mean, from the Exclusion Act, seem like they had had made it from, like, the bottom mm -hmm. to, to the saying. top. Yeah. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? You're saying, like, how calculated it was. was it, it? Yeah, yeah, it must have been calculated. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. And so now they're saying, you know, Asian Americans are their minorities, and so now why can't every other minority be like them? Right. And, mm -hmm. and that has put pressure on you and your race. Right. Like I, could, I couldn't even imagine. Right. So and, and there's a couple of things that come along with that, too, is that, you know, it's not like part of it is just that, yes, we've had this label. But the other kind of um, layer to this, too, is that um, when immigration was finally opened up to and largely due to the civil rights movement of the 60s, like what Anna was just saying, uh, there was a huge wave of new immigrants that came over in the 60s. And that was like my parents, for example, like mm -hmm. they came over in the late 70s, but like it was this huge wave. So you have a, a very large generation of Asian um, people that came to America for a lot of different reasons. Some were the highly educated or they came for school, but also a lot were refugees from like the Vietnam War, mm -hmm. Korean War, things like that. And so when you think of like old Asian people, like th that's this generation that we're talking about. If you mm -hmm. see them at, in wherever, Cape Town, around LA or whatever, like this is the generation that, that we're talking about where they came to America just grateful for the opportunity to be here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so like my own parents, they tell me, Philip, why are you making such a big deal about race, all this stuff? Like just be happy you're here. Mm -hmm. And so they, they literally, the last several decades, just were okay with the modern minority myth. They were okay with microaggressions because for them, they expected to be second-class citizens here because, mm -hmm. because they got the chance, which, which yeah. I totally understand. This was the American dream for them, right? Yes. So now their kids who are born here, we are growing up with like, hey, actually, this is not cool, and it hasn't been cool, and so now we're trying to speak up for our parents yeah. and their yeah. generation saying, this is what you guys have been dealing with, and it's not right. And it's not right 
in yeah. terms of how it affects other people as well. Whereas like my dad is totally in the model minority. He thinks he's like a former military officer mm-hmm. and he thinks like I am the epitome of American. He yeah. aligns himself with whiteness yeah. and he's always like, if you are the best you can be, no one can deny you and race won't be a factor. Mm-hmm. He like is yeah. very much turning a blind eye to everything that's happening. Right. So yeah, there's there's definitely like a lot of very that conservative kind of thinking in, in the Asian Asian American community too. But it is like, it does come stem from this this feeling of like, oh, we are better. We worked harder. Mm-hmm. Um, the the other thing, the other bad thing about the modern minority myth too is that it actually erases a lot of the struggles that our community does go through. Yeah, because Asia America, Asian America is is so broad. It's it's like the, it's it. There are so many types and, and regions, um, ethnicities, nationalities that come from Asia, right? So yeah. um, a lot of times the modern minority myth is associated with East Asians. So Chinese, you know, Taiwanese, Korean, um, Japanese, things like, you know, the, like that um, region. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then it basically erases a, a lot of Southeast Asian, um, you know, struggles. Like, like I said, a, a, a big wave of people also came in from Southeast Asia as refugees. And so they're their experience in America has been um, actually, you know, not as definitely not as uh, affluent, not as privileged uh, as some of East Asians are. So there's a big divide actually among Asian Americans as well yeah. of like, hey, like kind of wh- which which region did you come from? What's the reason you came? Things like that. And so when everyone just thinks, oh, automatically Asians are Asians are good, Asians are rich. Um, and even like, let's say like an education with like college or like there's tons of Asians in universities. Actually, there's a huge number of Asian Americans who are part of, uh, like, you know, um, I guess like they're more disenfranchised, um, mm-hmm. than, than East Asians are. So it's, it's a really, really complicated kind of, um, label that's, that's put on our community. And what we're seeing now with the pandemic too, is that, you know, when, when they want to use us as a model, a citizen, a model minority, they'll, they'll use us. But then at the same time. The very next day, they'll use this as a scapegoat and say, mm-hmm. "Oh, but look, you guys are, you guys are all Chinese. You guys are all, you know, probably just, you know, we don't. You're probably from there. You know, you, we don't know who you are." Yeah, I brought COVID in a yeah, gift basket, exactly. threw yeah. it everywhere. You probably have family members, blah blah blah, right? Mm-hmm. And so that that turn can happen so quickly. Yeah, and that basically just totally dehumanizes us as, oh, we are literally just props for whatever yeah. narrative uh, best serves America at this current time, or however they mm-hmm. want to. Um, I guess, yeah, use us for, for their, for their overall agenda, I guess. Yeah. Um, we're always othered. We're, we're always considered not from America. Like, that's why, like when people, you, you'll go on Twitter, you'll see comments. You're like, oh, like, you know, those, they'll see an Asian face and they'll just say, oh, well, you know, they're from the Chinese government. It's like, Hey, like (laughs) it's very, it's such different things. Right. And like, people just want to group all Asian people here with whatever's happening over there. That's what happened with the Japanese internment camps in World War II. That's why you know, American citizens, Japanese American citizens were put into camps, even though they had nothing to do with, Mm -hmm. you know, the the war that was happening. So that's kind of where we've been at for, you know, decades now. And and this past year, and especially these last few months, it's a lot of these issues have been brought to light. But this has been going on for for decades. Oh, yeah. Centuries almost. Right, right. Just like you you talked about um, Japanese American citizens being right. Detained, yeah. Detained. Um, that, that's something that I feel like I should have learned when I was younger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, it's crazy like, we don't learn about it at all. There's nothing in the curriculum that teaches you about this. It's so, everything you learn in school, and from we're, we're from the East Coast, yeah. a predominantly white town, everything is so whitewashed yeah. in America's education system. Yeah, and, and you see that there's there's efforts to try to change that, but then people you know are opposed to it because it 
makes America look bad. Yeah. But it's like the truth is there's a lot of tragedies that happen to make America what it is today. And, oh, yeah. You know, and I wonder, like, you grew up in, in California, though. Did you learn about the internment camps in I school? didn't. So I, didn't? I actually bopped around every two years because oh, right. my dad's military. military. And yeah. I never learned. I didn't learn about it till I was older and, like, digging through history to, like, write stories. And I was like, mm. wait, what? Yeah. Um, I'm not sure when I learned about it either, actually. Definitely. I definitely was an, as an adult. It's like it's all been, it's been hidden right. from us. Yeah. Right. I wonder if it, but I wonder if on the West Coast, just because it, like, happened predominantly here, maybe we heard about it more through... Muse- like maybe oh you know what I'm, I probably the went to like, museum, Mu- yeah, yeah Manzanar or just like, yeah different museums of like you know going to the state capital maybe they had something there, but it, it's something also bullshit there. because the Germans were in prison neither were the Italians in America <laughs> right, and right. they were all part of the Axis right, so right. It, it's just insane and I, I've been doing a lot of research about it because I've been trying to write a show around it to bring awareness to this yeah. part of history mm-hmm. and they initially justified um, putting all 120,000 people in incarceration camps because of the possibility of spies mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. in reality there ha- there was never and has never been a single confirmed informant uh, for Japan here. Um, And it was was equally insane for all of the men who had to volunteer to go into war. So they were like, if you're a true citizen, all the young men should go into the war and be on the front lines, basically like be bullet shields for America. Uh Um, And so some of the most heroic acts, I I think you know about this as well, right? Yeah, the 44 second. uh, The most insane heroic acts. I remember reading about a captain who was of Japanese descent. He snuck into a Japanese camp and found out plans that they were going to attack he ran back to his own camp but they thought he was actually a spy and beat him up like and contained him and he was like no there's an attack coming there's an attack coming the attack finally came and he started shouting orders in japanese to confuse the enemy and ended up saving his whole platoon See, like, there's, that's... Like, that, where's that's, the show? That's just one, that's yeah. just one yeah. story, and my, right? Like, yeah. Full body chills just... Right, there's... And, and, and not to say, like, there's so many amazing and tragic tragic stories coming from these, yeah, these, these wars and everything, but, like, we've seen so many, you know, World War II movies that are focused on the European side, yes. or even if it's in the Pacific, what, what the white soldiers were going through. Yeah. But like, yeah, there's tons of, there are tons of Asian American directors, filmmakers, producers that have been trying to get a 44 second movie made. And honestly, it shouldn't just be one. Like that yeah. is just one story. And there's, oh, yeah. there's so many. And it's, what's so heartbreaking is that they, these, these men were like doing this to prove their allyship or their, yeah. their, their worth. Um, and it's and and only recently did they was there finally like an, an uh, like an acknowledgement of of just how bad the internment camps were, yeah. Mm-hmm. and and finally giving these these guys medals and stuff, you know. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, there's there's just been a lot of a lot of things that um, you know our community has just been kind of keeping our heads down or just taking um, because honestly, like yeah, like I think activism and speaking up is not really taught to us at uh, as, as part of our culture or, or from a young age. Yeah. Um, you know, like going back to the whole immigration kind of mentality that our, that my parents had and a, a large portion of our population has is, yeah, like just keep your head down. You know, the the tallest blade of grass gets cut first. Started bringing up like proverbs and stuff. To <laughs> totally fulfill a stereotype. The tallest blade of grass gets cut first. Anyway. Um, You're not doing us any favors. Yeah, so. no, I think there's I think there's an equally like like white American term of that too, like the the, the biggest hammer or the, the, the tallest nail, nail gets, the hammer? Yeah, gets hammered. Yeah. Anyways. I thought um, it was a good analogy. Yeah. Regardless. <laughs> H- help me visualize what you were saying. But, but exactly, right. Like, so, you know, we're taught from very early on, hey, don't cause a stir, don't cause a ruckus. Yeah. Um, and uh, and that's why, like, yeah, a lot of these stories just w- have never been talked about and there haven't been a lot of protests or marches or movements yeah. to say, hey, you got to get these in curriculums or you need to, um, you know, have some type of legislation to to say, you know, apologize for these, these, these mm-hmm. terrible things. 
Um, so I just found out about Hell's Canyon Massacre. Oh, the... Like, during the gold rush in the 1800s, yeah. right. uh, all of these people didn't want any of the Chinese to find gold, so they committed a huge massacre in yeah. Chinatown. Yeah. I, I just found it out about that. was in Colorado? Was it? Um, I think there were a few. There was one. There was a couple. There was a few, yeah. But Hell's Um, Canyon, I think, had like 33 or 34 like Chinese that were murdered, yeah. Uh. So, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just kind of crazy that, um, you know, it's, what what's what's happening right now is it's just actually just a different shade of yeah. like you said like it's been a hundred years ago it's literally a hundred years ago you know the 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 when 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 Chinese immigrants were being brought over like they were hosed down they were like isolated because of diseases right and, yeah and like that's literally happening and like all these attacks you see on camera not, I mean now we're just seeing them happen they've been happening but. And now they have a, like a call to action. You brought COVID over here. Go back to China. You brought this disease mm-hmm. over here. And like everyone's putting that blame and put that target yeah. on us. And it's it's actually like now we're finally seeing it, you know, kind of, um, you know, come, you know, get to this this uh, this point where you can't ignore it. But ever since last year, as soon as as soon as the pandemic hit and we knew that it was from like from China, as, as the media was saying, as soon as the president said Kung flu and all this stuff, I'm yeah. like. Oh, this is going to get bad. And yeah. I, I, I was just, w- unfortunately, I was just almost waiting and, and dreading, like, there's going to be a mass shooting. Yeah. Similar to the Sikh community after 9-11. Yeah. And there was, there were, there were, ma- there was mass shooting at, at a, at a Sikh, um, I don't want to. Like a mosque? Mosque, yeah. Yeah. Um, same thing. Like, America's just always, like, looking for those scapegoats. And I'm like, oh, this is going to happen to us, too. Um, oh, I remember but, even, like, when yeah. the, the pandemic was happening, I told some of my friends, like, I didn't feel comfortable. I live next to a Whole Foods, and I was getting such weird... Anim- like animosity at a Whole Foods yeah. so I ended up started like I exclusively shop at, at Little Tokyo Marketplace now mm. because I've, I felt yeah. very unsafe at Whole Foods and then at like in the mainstream media there wasn't a lot of reports of Asian people being uh, being beat up and the elderly being beat up but you know if you follow like Next Shark or Asian Feed or specifically like Asian news outlets like it was startling to see the amount of people who were just going out of their way on security cameras to chase down Asian people and pummel them mm. um, and so it, it's been like building and building and building for a year and I, I feel like what happened in Atlanta was finally what really started yeah. bringing it into people's consciousness it, it's it's also crazy like I, again like I, I hate Twitter I, I was going to say I have a love-hate Twitter or a love-hate relationship with Twitter but I think it's just a hate relationship yeah, yeah. like um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah I think anyone that lives like grows up or lives on social media we get it but like yeah it's so crazy to see like you know there's articles about or these reports of like increased Asian hate crimes and you know astronomical increases in the statistics and people are still leaving comments of like I've never seen an Asian get you know hurt so there's no such thing as as racism towards Asians and it's just like people if they don't see it they just don't they don't want to believe yeah. it right? yeah um, but it's it's definitely happening and um, it's happening at an alarming rate and that's why again like I was glad to get the text to, to come on here because like I, I I knew that this was you guys have an, an amazing you know and very um, robust audience and I'm like oh like some people yes even with all the news they might still not know that this is yeah. happening right yeah. so yeah. Um, yeah I'm really glad that we get to hopefully share and I feel like we're like talking your ears off but like there's just no, so no, much no, to talk please, about yeah, please, please. we're yeah. very very thankful for you guys coming yeah. in today yeah, yeah. We, we really appreciate this conversation um, and I, I would imagine that it's it's exhausting at this point for you guys to like be <laughs> continuously talking about this and I know that like you definitely feel like some sort of probably responsibility with this and I can mm, I see what you're saying like, does that make sense? You yeah, know? I mean, like, I can't, I can't relate to this. Like, I could only right. imagine. You know what I mean? Right. I just well, t- to be honest, like, it was getting more exhausting when I was in my own echo chamber. Mm. Yeah, I don't know if you feel that the same way, but like, I have, I'm, I'm just like, I'm very involved in 
the Asian American entertainment scene and yeah. you know yeah. you have tons of actors and you know activists that are all talking and they're going on clubhouse having conversations and stuff and like after a while it's like oh like how many conversations are we going to have with each other yeah about what to do no one's and, listening right and i think I, obviously it's good for us to kind of understand like just get a temperature check of what our community is feeling and it was good like you know some of them would bring on you know um sp- like p- speakers from like the black community or or you know other communities and like it the, the so basically what i'm trying to say is like it's less exhausting when we're actually having conversations like across communities and cultures yes Yes. um it's it's a lot more refreshing i guess to know that it's not just um you know a a, a broken record player yeah 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 Yeah. so this is that this is like there's no part of me right now that's like oh my god i gotta educate these two (laughs) white guys they're so good looking they don't probably ever feel anything you know (laughs) (laughs) Uh, as they wipe their oh yeah what are you talking about (laughs) i just like through through your storytelling i caught on to this really terrible unfortunate pattern that mm. everything is being being hidden mm. um as far as history from from what we're learning in mm-hmm. school yeah. um to now like you said specific media outlets are only covering these instances where people are getting beat up in the street and, yeah and, and then it takes like an extremely unfortunate event to right. bring any light to yeah. This, yeah. this issue that's been awful and ongoing for so long right. and this um, is all happening and i feel like i'm pretty up to date with what's going on but i, I still like i'm i'm there's so so much that's unclear about it to me. Well, I think that's uh, also just the nature of just society right now. There's just too much news and too much access to it. That's a whole other conversation of just like, is social media actually giving us too much information? Yeah, yeah and are they covering yeah. the important things that yeah. we need to actually know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just who's feel in like, control of, of what's what's important? Yeah, like, like, what, why do I get Snapchat f- and the I, articles are just like about? I pull up my yeah. phone and I see what TikTokers are up to. I can tell yeah. you that. That's what I'm saying. Want to know? Yeah. You know? yeah. And then these these important things that we all need to know to make change yeah. and to make sure history doesn't repeat itself yeah. are are being hidden from everyone. I, I think what's what I find encouraging though you you bring up TikTok is that I think um you know there is uh, and I. I hate this word, but like there is a more like woke, I guess, kind yeah. of like, um, you know, uh, mentality that's 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 trickling into the social media platforms. Yeah, I yes. think there was a time. I mean, I think def- Twitter has always been kind of like, you know, like in that in that headspace. But for a long time, I, I, I never really saw it on Instagram. Um, you know, I guess TikTok's still relatively new, but like it's it's interesting to see that even. Yeah. On on Instagram, there's there's pages that are just about infographics and there's and and interviews and, and news stories so mm-hmm. I, and and yeah definitely gen z tiktok you know there's i've seen tons of amazing you know um videos or talks whatever you want to call them <laughs> of just like compiling a lot of information into like 30 seconds and yeah. of course it's very surface level but i'm like hey this is still getting out and i and i think your generation is definitely a lot more curious and you you have access to this information at a much earlier age too, which I think I'm hopeful is going to have yeah. a uh, a bigger uh, impact, you know, move yeah. going forward. You know, the fact that you guys are 21 and already like talking about this, which is, which I'm, I'm sure like there's some 40, 50 year old white guys that are hearing about this for the first time now. Yeah, right? I, yeah. so that's good. I I will be honest, I I do feel hopeful about my generation, the yeah. generation that I'm a part of, um, and and we're in such a weird position because. We've been raised by our parents who are in that like forty to sixty year old right. kind of age range, and they are they're not up to date on any on any yeah. of this, and they they've always turned a blind eye to it. Yeah. And um, or maybe they've just been you know yeah, they, hidden or, from it, or like, they've you know we talked about they thought that you know being 
if they're not a part of it, then then doesn't apply to them. It doesn't yeah. apply to them, mm-hmm. and 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 they're they're doing no harm yeah. by not knowing about right, it. They're right, just right, they're right. minding their own business. As it's long as like, I'm a good person, exactly. Yeah. As long yeah. as I haven't done any of these. I'm crap not racist. Either, yeah, yeah. You know, I I have no prejudice built on my body. Like I've heard right. that so many times, but mm-hmm. you don't you don't. It like when it becomes like okay the your neighbor is and then yeah. there's a conversation to be had there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that's not talked about that much. And so it's like we, me and a lot of my friends who are at my age, we we're in this weird position where it feels like it's just like only up to us to learn. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's, it's almost overwhelming, but, um, well, I feel like your generation too came came of age at a time where a you had access to almost information overload, incredible yeah, oversaturation. Yeah, yeah. Anything you wanted to know, like, is my brain cooking when I look into the microwave? You can Google it at yeah. a moment's notice and find out exactly what's going Whereas on. We actually, I so. literally, and I, and I would like, stand to the side of the microwave. I still oh stand to the side of it. You still believe I have paranoia. I still stand to the side. Okay, just just in case, just oh, in case, just in case. I look, yeah, yeah. I stare at it. <laughs> but I also feel like like you guys have grown up knowing that climate change is gonna fuck us all over. Oh, yeah. You've been able to see the inner workings of the system being exposed for what they are. The 2008 financial crisis, watching like parents and friends mm-hmm. like completely lose their savings and pensions. I feel like, and then also like for-profit schools, for-profit prisons, for-profit things that shouldn't be for-profit. Yeah. And having access to know that all of this is bullshit. Mm-hmm. I, I'm very hopeful because I love TikTok. And when I, it's the only social media platform I go on and I leave feeling better. Because yeah. I feel like this generation sees everything for what it is. They're ready to break the generational cycle of trauma that is America yeah. and ready to actually make change. And, and that starts with recognizing we're built on a racist, white supremacist society. Yes. And we can't change it until we look at that and acknowledge it. Yeah. And I feel like, if anything, your generation is the first one to actually do that. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to throw, throw a wrench in here, though. Like, is it is it just us feeling this way because we're in California, you're in SoCal? Yeah. When you go back home and you see your friends from high school, are they like, man, you guys changed. You guys are super, super like out there now. I'm actually really proud of my friends and the conversations oh, that we okay. have. I feel That's like it's great. more of the the older it's people it, back seeing home. friends, parents, or adults, and yeah. just older people. Like, I can't tell you how many times I got the question. So, what do you think about the whole Black Lives Matter movement? Mm-hmm. After, yeah. after I went on a march, because yeah. we're from a coastal city where people are actually trying to make change, yeah, right. and mm-hmm. it's and, just, and it's like my answer is like, what do you mean? What do I think? Yeah. Like, what is your question? Yeah. Um, the information's all there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you should all be thinking the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I think it's just because they're still, like, in that, they're turning a blind eye. You yeah. know what I mean? And dodging a, responsibility. I think it's the cheapest thing them. you could do is just yeah. turn a blind eye to the information that's right in front of your or, face. Or and try to cherry pick information to be like, oh, I also yeah. feel like all the riots, that's why I don't know. want to. Yeah. Older yeah. people yeah. share memes thinking that it's news. Like, my mom is, like, on Facebook, and she'll send things to me. I'm like, mom, this is not news. This yeah. is a meme yeah. that's <laughs> false. I've, got a, few, like, I've no. got a few texts like that. Yeah, yeah. and I, I feel like I have to tell my mom, like, you go to npr.org. It's even scarier when there's a language barrier. And it's like, how do I even explain what a meme is? How do I? <laughs> How do I explain to them, you know, that, that you know, that you're being trolled? You know, like, yeah. what do you say, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. like, they would just be like, wait, there's people that purposely go take out their time and sit in front of a computer just to yeah. start arguments? Yeah. 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 There are lots of yeah. them. <laughs> I, no, that it, I, I haven't even thought about how, like, confusing that must be for yeah. older people. Right, right. Because um, the, the older generations are just... They're much more hardworking than our generation. And we, we kind of like lean on them. Mm-hmm. So it's like we don't feel the same responsibility that they have. Therefore, we have all this time to, you know, make our own mm-hmm. decisions with. And I, yeah, like back to what your question was, I, I'm very proud of my friends back home for yeah. the decision they made to and what to do with their time. And Yeah, I, I, I hope that that's, yeah, like what you're saying too, that, you know, it's by and large the, the overall turn of, of the culture is shifting to that. You know, yeah. like it's, it's, it's tough not to 
still see lots of news and you know pro- counter protests from uh, like you know different other groups I and know. I'm just like oh man th- that's a young kid too like you know the the family's taking their kids to burn masks in in Idaho I'm like oh my god that's a young child that's yeah. that has no idea what they're doing right now <laughs> yeah. you know so um, I, I I would like to believe that overall that if there's a there's a majority that's that's kind of kind of waking up yeah, yeah. I, I try to also like remember change is really incremental like yes. it just it's yeah. slow yeah. and mm-hmm. you know uh some days i just wake up feeling very cynical about absolutely yeah. everything and like well we're all gonna burn in a sun fire yeah because uh, the climate change bags eventually of fluid. Yeah. yeah right it's <laughs> yeah. just bags of fluid um <laughs> but i don't know i'm hopeful like seeing the things that i've seen and how many people have have taken the steps to become more aware and to to say something mm-hmm. i feel like there's been so many people who i know who haven't said anything about racism ever before and now now we're starting to speak yeah. up about yeah. black lives matter and about stop asian hate and so i'm like okay people are like people are on board actually yeah even even with the stop asian hate thing i was like because you, you you saw such a like you know sweeping of of you know social media and, and just media in general of, you know talking about blm and lots of vast support and i was like oh man i wonder if I wonder if they'll ever do this for, for Asian people, <laughs> you know? Not like you're hoping for the tragedies yeah. or whatever, but like, oh, I wonder if, like, they will ever notice us. You yeah. Know? Like, notice me, senpai. Yeah, know? Like, exactly. And and the fact that it, like, kind of, like, started happening, you, you see, like, I mean, I've, yeah, you can say some of it's just, like, corporate, you know, mumbo-jumbo or just, like, celebrities just trying to get in on it. But, like, there's still a part of it that makes you at least feel like, oh, at least they're doing that BS for us. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's definitely happened in, the, in this past year that, you know, me being in the community for so long, like active in it, like I've never seen in, you know, just the, the, the decade and a half that I've been doing this. So I, I feel I feel encouraged. Um, but at the same time, I I know that the reason why it's 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 even being talked about is because I also am afraid that it's not going to end anytime soon. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't um, think it will. Yeah, I, I the, we're going to c- continue seeing, you know, um, videos. We're going to continue seeing aggressions and violence and things like that. And um I, I too sometimes just wake up and think like how how many more videos of this can I repost? Yeah. How many more messages do I have to make to my Asian American fans to show to show solidarity and yeah. and heartache, heartache with them? Like, literally, it's from I, I literally felt like there was a there's a like a, a month or two where I'm like oh it's time to make another statement. Yeah. You know? like, yeah. Well, it's, well, it's just, also yeah. like I remember when like watching the horrific videos of BLM. Obviously, they're terrible. Mm-hmm. And then when it was the Asian women getting shot, it was just it also just a different level of terrible because it mm-hmm. suddenly felt like oh everything I've fought my entire life doesn't matter because now it's going it's still happening and it's still going to happen and I can like speak my face off about racism. But even this, like when six of the people who died are Asian women, people are still denying anything to do with race. Korean media reported that witnesses were saying the shooter was screaming, I want to kill all Asians. Mm -hmm. But regular traditional media wasn't reporting that at all. They Mm -hmm. were like, we can't say this is a hate crime. Even the way that they dealt with the the language around the shooter, he was having a bad day. So this is what I was like, when I have a bad day, I eat too many fucking cookies. Like, I don't get a gun three days before and go shoot a bunch of people. Also, he was driving through Atlanta. There's plenty of like sex working corners there. It wasn't about a sex addiction. He specifically targeted Asian massage parlors. Um, And also a lot of those women were much older. So even the initial reports of it coming out about how they were sex workers, I was like, no, no, they weren't. Um, So I I don't know. It's just, it's so, it makes you feel so powerless and so hopeless. And you don't understand how any human being can actually be like this. Yeah. Yeah. Especially like, yeah, like the, you know, women specifically being targeted and and the elders too. It's like, you got to be a a specific type of low to like go after 
any senior citizen, much less an Asian one who are like the most oh, peaceful so ones, you know, sad. like, yeah. but it's like any, any elder, any senior citizen, like how, how could you ever see them as, as a target? And it's, it's really, it's really heartbreaking. And, and yeah. I, it sucks that, oh man, like a lot of, you have to understand too, like if they're here in America and they're that age, they have literally been through like three wars, famines, uprisings. And America was supposed to be their refuge. Yeah. And like on, on their last day here, mm-hmm. it's it's something as ridiculous as this that kind of ends their life or or, or that they have to face at, at the at the final years of their life. It's like, man, like yeah. sometimes like my, my, my parents have literally told me now they're like, man, maybe did we make a mistake? Like, you know, like, yeah. like immigrating here and raising here. And I always have to tell them, no, mom, of course not. Like, you know. What's, whatever happens, supposed to happen. Lots of opportunities here, blah, blah, blah. But like, they really do think like, oh man, maybe maybe we had it wrong. And I just have to tell them, like, I think what you saw of America back then and what it is now, actually, no, I was going to say like, maybe it's different. I think it's the same thing. <laughs> yeah. It's just now, it's just, it's just, it's just evolved. Like getting, yeah, it's evolved, yeah. yeah. So. yeah. It's just, I, I am puzzled when I think about why it swept under the rug in the way that they started saying he was having a bad day, his sex addiction, and it wasn't, a hate crime. I'm just so puzzled as to what what I, the reasoning for that is. Honestly, like it's it's a shade of just white supremacy. Yeah. It's yeah. a shade of mm-hmm. them protecting their own, right? Like that cop, like I think like like they found out later like he was selling like like Oh, he bought the COVID shirts. Yeah, he was buying like COVID like shirts that were like making made fun from, of made in China. Yeah, yeah. So like yeah. it's like it's 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 a whole systematic systemic. I know there's a difference, sorry, but like there's yeah. it's it's baked into like just the country already. And so yeah. I mean, we've seen it before, even with like BLM too. It's like when it's when it's if it was a black person, they would say, "Oh, this guy was a criminal. This yeah. guy has a history of blah 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 blah." Mm-hmm. But for this one, for for the murder in Atlanta, it's like, "Oh, he was he uh, he went to church, you know? He yeah. yeah, like he was just he was was at his wit's end, right? Yeah. Like what, they're just protecting and rather than calling it for what it is, and right? it's premeditated murder, yeah, and yeah. hate crime, exactly. Yeah. So so the, the, to answer your question, like I think that's that's just where the majority of the country is. Is just they don't a lot of people here i want of course not all like there's obviously a lot of people that are trying to fight the good fight but a lot of people here are still trying to deny that racism exists Mm -hmm. that white supremacy is a problem that there's that there's any type of prejudice um and if there are bad you know immigrants or whatever or if there are bad people from another uh, race like they deserve it right yeah versus oh like we should just all be helping people we should be understanding that people have different backgrounds, things like that. So I do think, though, that like a positive solution and a way we can enact change is through representation. Like yeah. there's mm-hmm. an amazing TED talk. I wish I could quote who it was right now. But they've done a lot of studies that show the media we consume, the, the TV, the film, the shows that we watch, and it completely shapes our belief yeah. system. Mm-hmm. So is it any surprise to us uh, that racism uh, that has been so woven in media has created people with some racist beliefs? Like I've even had to like really examine like the ways of myself where I'm racist or... Um, um, you know, misandrist or transphobic and really look at why do I think these things? What what messages did I get that form these thoughts? Because we don't yeah. ever, we don't, we're not born with that shit. Yeah, that'll yeah. just pop up in your brain. I think we forget that we start as clean slates and we're a product mm-hmm. of how we were raised. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's not your fault. Like you talked about these people bringing their kids to burning mass. It's like these, yeah. they're kids and yeah. they're impressionable and they're going to think this is normal if it's their first time doing it and they see their hero, their parent mm-hmm. yeah. telling them that it's okay. Yeah. 
and uh, yeah, and and also people in their communities doing these normal things, uh, what's normal to them growing up. And um, yeah, you have to realize that you were just a young impressionable kid when you formed those opinions that you know. Like I, I think it's conflicting because you're like. I kind of hate that version of myself that thinks mm. in, in that transphobic way or that racist mm-hmm. way, but it's not your fault that it's in your brain. You know, mm. you didn't put it there. I think, it's I think what, yeah, what, what you're saying about like how media, yeah, like, you know, media affects that, that clean slate, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, of course it's, it's how you're brought up in like the family that, you know, in the fa- family and friends community, yeah. but also like the rest of your time you're, you're looking, you're consuming media, yeah, some of course, type yeah. of media, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, with, with Asian Americans, that representation has been, very very limited up until just like you know Maybe a handful a of years, years yeah, a couple ago. years ago yeah. and then it's like just starting to like freak open that door yeah. but yeah for a very long time um you know it was yeah asian women hypersexualized exoticized yeah. asian men emasculated um always just like the butt of the joke um and yeah like we're just all nerdy and um just helpless kung fu fighters or whatever but like the thing is is that and i, I say this a lot too because it's not that we ever it's not that we don't want to be sexy. It's not that we don't want that we're ashamed of kung fu fighting or whatever. Yeah. But like, it's the fact that for a very long time we were boxed into just yeah. those things. Yeah. And Hollywood was saying all we want you for and all we care to know you as are those things single layer. Mm-hmm. But it's not. But there was never any content, character, property, whatever that um, went a little bit deeper to say, hey, let, let's look at this person as like a three dimensional human being. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so a lot of times, Asian people get very. Um, defensive of what their representation is because there is so little of it out there. So for example, if I see Seth Rogen acting like a fool, I'm not gonna be like, oh my gosh, all white people are like Seth Rogen, right? Because mm-hmm. I know that there's, um, you know, uh, James Franco. There's a James Franco right <laughs> next to him and, yeah. and, and he's hot, right? So like, I, I don't have to, <laughs> you know, like, it's, it's, or Channing Tatum. Like there's, yeah. for every Channing Tatum, for every Seth Rogen, there's a Channing Tatum, yeah. right? Yeah. And so there's choice. And so for, very, for a very long time, there was, there was no choice for us. And so we get so like, oh, my God, like that's, that's what's up there for us. And, yeah. th- and for a lot of kids that's growing up outside of, you know, any diverse community, they're going to think, ah, all Asian people are like this. Mm-hmm. Right. And so now we're just starting to see like, oh, there are different types of characters. There are different mm-hmm. types of Asian people. Um, we can be the stoner bro. We can be the sexy model and we can be the lovable oaf. Well, right. I think it, yeah. it works two ways. Like one, yeah. it tells people how to view you and two, it tells you how to view yourself. Right. So yeah. when I watch media, I look for who do I identify with? And I remember my, my friend Maggie told me this amazing story about her and her boyfriend Russell watching Mindhunter. And like they're in the middle of binging and all of a sudden he just goes, who do you identify with? And she's like, what? And he's like, which, which detective are you? And she's like, oh no, honey, I'm all the dead girls in, in this show. That's who I identify with is all the victims who are being brutally murdered. And I think about that all the time, like, as an Asian woman now, I can't stop seeing in media these like, the way racism has evolved. Like now we have, oh, the cool, rebellious Asian girl always has a streak of color mm-hmm. in her right. hair. Yeah. Or the mysterious Asian yeah. who's on screen, but they never say anything. They're very quiet. Right, right, right. And I just feel like the the racist tropes have just become a little bit more niche mm. um, and a little bit more evolved. And and it's like, why? Why, does, why do you have to determine an Asian person is rebellious with a streak of color in their hair. Can't they just look normal and just be rebellious? This, this is a character trait. Yeah. Um, and, and so it's been really interesting for me to see the ways that all of these things have started like to get called out and brought into nature and how we're all trying to actively change it. Yeah, it's funny like that you brought up the streak of hair because sometimes I feel like 
We can show you a meme later of what we're talking about. The, the, the blue streak. Like, there's like a... Yeah. Unfortunately, Every, I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> times. Anytime yeah. there's a, yeah. an Asian, Asian girl that's supposed to be edgy, they have a... Just put a streak, a, yeah. a streak in here. Yeah. But like, I also notice sometimes like Hollywood is all... Like, they overcorrect too. Like, so mm. for a long time, at least for like men, they're like, okay, well, we made you, uh, you know, too nerdy and sexless. So, okay, well, we're going to have you be really dumb and hot. So there's <laughs> yeah. so many like dumb hot guys, Asian guys now. I'm like, wait, this is... Don't over the the pendulum swinging too far. Like yeah, we're just yeah. we're like you know balance it out. Like so for it's like, like yeah, Manny just yeah. in, in the good place. You have uh, like my crazy ex girlfriend. Um, you know, oh, like, yeah, yeah, like yeah, there's just yeah. a, a lot of that. Jake Choi and single parents. Anyways, like so that's why honestly, like social media and 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 what we're doing here on YouTube, like it still matters a lot, yeah. right? Because yeah. Hollywood is a very big ship that to turn it and even just like a couple degrees is so hard to do, right? So the fastest change, the, the, the way you're going to see the most stories and representation is going to be when you give it in, into the hands of like the, the, the actual creators and people from the community. Like right now, if I wanted to go, you wanted to go make a show, we're all trying, right, to, to show what we think is proper representation, at least for our specific backgrounds. Mm -hmm. We have to, there's so many hoops and, so and many you know, like red tape, like, like everyone, right? It's Hollywood, right? But like there's so many people to convince why like this needs to be heard or seen, right? Yeah. And so we're gonna see change very slowly in media, right? But what, but what, things that we're doing on even TikTok now actually make a big difference. Um, but it has to happen at all levels, right? Because like you were saying, representation also helps people see like what they can be too, mm -hmm. right? I I I, I kind of bring up I bring up this example a lot where even before like President Obama being our first, you know, African American president, like there were black presidents on 24, right? Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. it's like, I, I honestly believe that it, like putting it in fiction first, like kind of tests America just to think like, oh, look, this is just fake. Don't worry. Don't freak out. There's no black president yet. <laughs> right. <laughs> but imagine if there were, oh yeah, it kind of normalizes it. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. And so for people that are consuming it, that are, you know, not black that watch it, it, they won't be as so like, oh, what, like, you know, deterred by it or, or uncomfortable when it actually happens in reality. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so for people also from their community, they can also see a fictionalized version of it and believe, oh, I can actually imagine that happening. I'm going to go try that for myself mm -hmm. someday. Right. Yeah. And so for a lot of Asian kids growing up, like they lacked that model or, or that destination um, to say like, oh, I could do that. Yeah, right? I mean, me yeah. seeing Margaret Cho perform stand up when I was seventeen is what made me go right. into the entertainment industry. Because yeah. right. I was like, oh, that lady literally looks like me, and she's on a stage telling jokes. Mm -hmm. I can do that. Mm -hmm. And I think we really underestimate the the power of of what that is. And I'm like, if I can relate to a forty year old white guy, which is like the main protagonist of every book and movie and TV show I've ever read in my entire life, yep. I'm pretty sure they could relate to like a thirty one year old Asian woman once. You know? Mm -hmm. right, right. Um, yeah. No, it's 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 so true just because like um we we don't we literally have that one one market show yeah right <laughs> I and, and i and i don't think a lot of people understand like how um it trickles like when you have that much choice it it you know it trickles into just everything else you do too yeah. so i remember one time i was at, on another podcast and, and they're like oh so wait so not seeing you know asian people growing up to that did that really have an effect on you? I'm like, of course it did. <laughs> you know, like, what are you talking about? Like, uh, and I think that because like it's so 
subconscious to you guys even maybe that when you grow up and watch all your cartoons or all your TV shows, seeing characters that look like you, it, it does give you a feeling of like, oh, I could I could do anything. Yeah. yeah. I, could, I could be anything. I could be the lead. I, I thought it could be, be Rocky. I literally was doing push-ups yeah. and boxing gloves on when I was like seven. Exactly. Right. Really? So so it, it, it takes, it, it really does take um, these figures to exist in fiction first yeah. to, to empower the reality. And that goes both ways on a positive sense and a negative sense, right? So when you see, um, when you don't see it enough, uh, you start, you, you, you see what's happening right now. Like you, with, with like all these attacks, people don't know what, what an Asian is. They don't understand what our community is going through. They don't understand what, um, what's important to us. They, don't, they haven't humanized us. So mm-hmm. when they don't see it, even in fiction, when you see an Asian person in real life, oh, I, you're subhuman. I don't, I don't mm-hmm. care about you. So, you know, I'm going to spit on you. I'm going to punch you, right? But if you actually saw them more often, especially if you're in a community that doesn't have a lot of Asian people, and you, if you don't even see them in, in media and fiction, oh, yeah. then it's then this person is going to be even more othered, even more strange, mm-hmm. and even yeah. more meaningless to you. Yeah, I didn't even know I was Asian yeah. until I was like eight years old because I grew up like around white people so much. I thought I was just had different colored hair, <laughs> and so I remember I was like playing Spice Girl dress up or whatever, and I was posh, and they were like, "You can't be posh," and I was like, "Why?" And they're like, "Because you're Asian. There's no Asian Spice Girl." What and did you have to be then? What did they let? They... Uh, I created soy spice, soy spice. Um, <laughs> and I drove the tour bus. That's what I fucking. Did. You should have been MSG. That's the best spice. <laughs> MSG is the no best way. spice. It's everywhere. But it was. I remember being like, "Oh, I guess I'm Asian." And then shortly after that, we moved to Japan and then Hawaii, which are Asian predominant, where they actually bully white people. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. up until I was 17, like between nine and 17, I lived in predominantly Asian places. And then coming back to California, my first day in high school, this like white guy came up to me and was like, "You need to go back to China and like." spit at me and I was so used to being in majority Asian I laughed at him and I was like oh honey I'm Japanese you can't tell like that's embarrassing for you but as I've grown up more and more in in like mainstream racism now I'm like oh wow like what a privileged life I had to not know just how othered you are in these spaces Mm -hmm. yeah I I feel very I feel very lucky to like knowing because I've talked to so many you know of our fans too just around the country where they were like the only Asian kid in their, not just their school, but their entire school district, right? If they Aww. grew up in Kansas or they grew up, you know, somewhere in the Midwest or South. But uh, yeah, I grew up in, in the Bay Area, NorCal. Mm-hmm. Still predominantly white um, neighborhood, but you know, it was, it was I, 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 my family thankfully put a lot of strong Asian role models around me, whether through family, friends, or um, just family itself. So I never had that chip on my shoulder of like, oh, I, wanna, I don't want to be Asian. Um, I wish I were white. You know, I, I, had, I had many you know, non-Asian friends as well, but I was still very proud to be Asian and then ended up going to a UC, you know, yeah. UC San Diego, which is like, you know, 30% Asian too. So that just kind of continued. So I think that's what kind of empowered me to like never really back down or feel ashamed, mm-hmm. I guess. And I think that that's what's enabled me also to make the content that I make like unapologetically. Like mm-hmm. I don't feel like I have to cater to anyone. Like I'm like, literally we've had people tell us like, oh yeah, you, you know, when we first started, we literally had people say like, "Oh, you should have more like white people in your stuff. Like, it it will get more views and things like that." Oh and my like, god! And I'm just like, I'm just like, oh no, no thanks. Like, I'm good. You know, we're we're happy with you know what we're doing and everything. So, um, yeah, it's 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 something that I feel very lucky to have because I know not a lot of people yeah. have had the same kind no, of no I've had the opposite yeah. I don't I couldn't find a strong Asian community when I first moved out yeah. here like I didn't know where they were and yeah. I remember meeting you and all of your friends were Asian and I was like what where have they where have you guys been like what we're the- in St. Gabriel yeah, that's probably why I'm in yeah. Silver Lake yeah. but I remember being so floored by just 
how big the Asian community is. And, and I've always felt kind of like outside of it. I mean, I've had the, the model minority thing mm-hmm. instilled in me through my dad. And I've had times where I've like sobbed wishing I was white mm-hmm. because of my experiences in the entertainment industry and like feeling like, oh, I'm overqualified for this, but I'm still always second place to the white girl. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so, I mean, I think it's, it is so important to grow, to have your kids have someone to identify with and have strong models to identify with. Yeah, um, which is why I just won't have children. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think as people in our generation grow up and our children grow up, they're going to take the roles that these government officials have and these people who own these media companies have. Yeah. And I just, I don't know, I'm, I'm being hopeful when I say, but I just can't see it being like, you know, the same scenario as it is now. Mm-hmm. I, I, I would like to be that hopeful. And then I, <laughs> and then I look at, like the African American community and still like, you know, hundreds of years later, yeah. you know, yeah. what they're still yeah. gonna do. I don't wanna end this on a downer. Obviously like technology has changed. No, maybe maybe being everything. hopeful isn't isn't being real. Like maybe yeah. like yeah. how do you how do you feel? I mean no, I was gonna say like I think we like hopeful is the only thing we can yeah. do. Otherwise then what's the point of any of this? Why am yeah. I why am I even trying to tell stories? Why am I trying to mm-hmm. have conversations, right? I think um I think you can be hopeful but realistic at the same time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I think you yeah. can ha- I think you can balance the two. Obviously, I, I do look at um the fact that there is a lot more information that's that's happening or sorry, that's available. Uh there is a, a a new generation that that I think is learning these things on their own without relying on their schools or or yeah. or, or their curriculums. I kept bringing up yeah. like being raised by your parents in the communities and yeah. schools, but I, I realized that I absorbed almost all the knowledge I know through media. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's right. why it's so important for representation. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Um, so, so yeah. like, yeah, I think, you know, we, we are seeing shifts in, in all that. Um, and I think that's why like a lot of times people in, in when the conversation of representation comes up, people are always like, why do you, why do you guys always got to make it about race? Who cares if James, oh James Bond is white or black? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah. no, it actually kind of matters. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and people don't, people don't understand like, or like they don't have the patience to have an hour long conversation about like, oh, that's why it matters. Yeah. And unfortunately, a lot of social media is like, people trying to have mic drop moments in 240 characters yeah. mm-hmm. and none of this stuff, even on my side too, where I'm trying to educate people, I'm like, oh, I can't, I can't do this with you on Twitter. Yeah. Like, and I, and, so, and that's why I feel hopeless. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I actually feel like social media, sometimes I'm like, I don't need to know that some random person in Maine hates me. Right. It's so hot and cold. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And now, yeah. and I, and I'll never be able to have a conversation with that person about why, what they said. And they never so say that to your face <laughs> yeah. is the most no, maddening. Yeah, like no, the racist, sexist shit people say, I'm like, okay, let's meet up at this coffee place. You can <laughs> yeah. say the same exact thing to me. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. <sighs> so, so I think I think like the the hopeful is always with like a grain of salt. Yeah, you know, being real that um, if you get comfortable, then then a lot of stuff is going to you know get swept under the rug, totally. and people are waiting for us to get comfortable so that they can do all the other stuff that they don't want us to notice, right? So mm-hmm. it's it's a it's a mix of both of just like hey like let's let's let let's let the let's let the natural selection kind of happen, but at mm-hmm. the same time we have to stay. Uh, vigilant, yeah. diligent, all you know, um, on top of everything, right? I have a question for you guys. Yes, because I've been very curious about this. Mm-hmm. Is being a straight white guy? I'm not to assume you're you're if you're straight, but is being like a, a regular white guy today like super triggering? Like I've noticed a lot of my white friends, the, like the phrase "don't bring race into it" comes up a lot more, mm-hmm. and I feel like I'm sensing like anytime I bring up something about my life that has to do with racism, they feel guilty and almost like responsible or like they're contributing to it. I would I would say that. 
there's a lot of intimidation with having conversations like mm. like we're having right now. Like, mm. like, and I guess there's a feeling of guilt because it's like, why do I feel intimidated to have this conversation mm. when people that look like me are, are the reason for this issue? Um, and yeah, I guess it's like, un- there's like some uncomfortability and intimidation with like, okay, w- what is crossing the line? What can I can like, mm. can I say and what can I not say? And I would really like to learn about this, but I don't want to like, yeah, go overstep. over any boundaries or anything like that, yeah. overstep or anything like that. So I'd say that is like the hardest part for me. And, that gets to like a minefield for you. Being like mm. the person I am mm. and what I look like. It's like... Like, tell ha- me about that, but ha- don't do the labor for me. Uh, yeah, like, yeah. I, like, I, like, like no one can say it like you can because you've, you've dealt with it personally. I could never relate to that yeah. because I am the way I am and I look at the way I look. Um, but like, how am I able to tap into you mm. and, and hear your story without overstepping like mm. i would hate to like ask you and, and you feel exhausted and you're just like i'm done i don't want to talk about it or yeah. or it brings up some past trauma for you yeah. and no we're just, here man to, to talk so yeah but yeah. but i, I just I like i would hate to saying. assume that on yeah. someone and then i see what you and mean and then yeah. try to start a conversation that would make them feel uncomfortable yeah. um I but i think that yeah. i i i sorry no you're good, you're good. before i end this i, I personally haven't been a part of a, like a conversation mm-hmm. with someone from another race where race is the topic that we're speaking on mm-hmm. where they don't want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think just like, like owning the responsibility and saying, okay, I, I, I as a white male need to have these conversations mm-hmm. and educate myself and mm-hmm. then educate other white men. Like I'm going to go yeah. talk to my friends about this yeah. and I'm going to, I'm going to send them the link to this podcast when it comes out. Yeah. Um, because that's, I feel like my responsibility. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think that it stems well, what I've heard a lot of white people say, and I guess older white people too, is that, um, oh, that was hundreds of years ago. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing that in modern times. It's not going on. I'm not seeing it happen. Yeah. Um, that, that's something that a, lo- a lot of white people go to. And somewhere where I, I feel like I was trained to go to just growing up on that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I started to break that down and, and realize how wrong that was and how counterproductive it was mm-hmm. to like my, my friends who are all different races and, and the oppression that they face. And um, that, that was like a, it was a hard pill for me to swallow mm-hmm. just accepting the fact that, you know, people like me caused so much harm and, and oppression to other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't want to identify as, as them, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like, yes, I'm white, but no, I would never do this. Right. But, it wasn't like, yes, I'm white. Okay, now I have this responsibility to make sure that nobody else who's white continues to do yeah. this. Yeah. And I feel like like w- when you have white privilege, like I think the best thing you can do is like weaponize it as a tool for good. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's a very famous Asian American woman who was sexually assaulted when she was in college and like putting legislation about sexual assault was her life passion and she would find people weren't listening to her. Mm-hmm. So she hired a white man to literally go into every room with her and repeat everything she said. Mm. And she was actually able to gain progress because she was like, I was able to use the white privilege that this man wow. had. And he literally just sat there repeating everything wow. she said. Mm-hmm. And and I feel like with men in particular, like, like I sometimes have like guy friends where I'll talk about an experience of being catcalled and they're like, I've never seen a woman be catcalled in, in my whole life. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, because they're not other men who catcall are not going to do it in, in front, front of, of you. Yeah. So I didn't realize that was a thing either. And so I was walking in New York city with my sister mm-hmm. yeah. and a bunch of construction workers started catcalling here. And again, it took like a personal experience for me to awaken to that, mm-hmm. which I wish it didn't. Yeah. yeah. And, and it sucks to be like, Hey guys, like the burden of helping stop this also lies on you, but <laughs> yeah, it, it is like sexism and racism. It's an all of us problem. Mm-hmm. And all of us have to 
actively be anti-racist and anti-sexist to make this shit go away. Like yeah. we have to shame our friends if they make really off-color jokes or if they're yeah. contributing to rape culture in some way. And I think I think that's the only way we're going to actively move forward is by letting people know, like I don't stand for that. Don't do that anymore. Yeah, yeah. I th I think that's that's a, a great point. The the fact that um, we don't all have the same role in in the fight, but if, if we're all on the same team, we can we can each find our yes. role, right? Yes. And I, I, I found that definitely last summer with, with everything going on with BLM, mm -hmm. that I was definitely struggling with, especially as a social media influencer of like, oh my gosh, like, what am I supposed to do too, right? Yeah. Like, I, I, I think I've felt similar feelings too where mm -hmm. I was having conversations with, um, you know, we did like the same thing, like a round table talk with some black, black thought leaders also. And I was like, I felt that same kind of intimidation mm -hmm. and, a sense of guilt also like oh like i mean i know i'm not and but i know that there is anti-blackness in in my community as well and yeah. i know that this world is systematically stacked against minorities in general right so it is it is these tough conversations but then i i i, I was like okay well am i doing enough and mm. and after a while it, especially when you're inundated with so much information it can feel like i'm not doing enough right but mm -hmm. also i think the more powerful questions everyone always thinks i'm not racist i'm not sexist yeah. what if we ask ourselves what if i am yeah. What yeah. if I am without trying to be? What am I doing that's contributing to that? Because yeah. I definitely was like, I'm not racist because I'm a woman of color. And then the more I think about like the ways that I view the world, the very subtle unconscious thoughts that come up when I yeah. see a black face or a brown face or a trans a trans person, trying mm. to realize like, okay, what if I am? What part yeah. of me is that? I, I can't get rid of it unless I mm. identify it. I can't yeah. change what if I don't know what the hell it is. Yeah. And I think it's such a scary thing for us as human beings to identify with any sort of like racism, sexism, because that means we're bad. And mm. it's, it's it's not. It's yeah. something that's instilled in us by a bad society. Yes. A and I really do think the most empowering thing we can do for ourselves is ask: In what ways am I am I actually yeah. racist? Yeah. In what ways am I am I sexist? I think. Sorry, I was going to say recognition is like. I think that was. It took a second for me to recognize my white privilege. Like, I'd always been told by my family who who immigrated from Italy, like, um, mm. you know, they had like no money they yeah. lived you know eating crumbs and stuff like that grandfather would would keep the crusted pizza in his pocket just in case like you know he didn't have dinner which yeah. a lot of times he didn't and um they by no means had it easily and and they're white and so i grew up and i i kind of just thought oh well they're not privileged mm. but they weren't as oppressed as the other races and, well, yeah and, and also breaking down the definition of white privilege it's so like you said cherry picking information a lot of people tried to uh, say that the term white privilege was that if you're white, then you are privileged in all aspects, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. not just because you're white. Like yeah. you don't face things that black people face because they're black. Yeah. You know, you, you could be white and have a terrible class oh, issues yeah. and, and but, face poverty. And, okay. But your skin color is not causing any oppression. Yes. Exactly. Yes. And so that was like, I had to recognize that yeah. or I at least had a, maybe it was research, maybe it was recognition or I, I just like think like once I reflected on that and I was like, okay, that's what it means. And, and this is what it's been all along was right. the time that I got, really passionate about activism and, and, and learning. And even yeah. Black Lives Matter, like a lot of adults from back home in my area that I grew up were like, well, why doesn't my life matter too? Like my life doesn't matter now and only theirs. <laughs> oh like that's, that's yeah. no, exactly. Yeah. And it's just like cherry picking information again. Right. It's like what they want to believe it, it, it means. Right. Yeah. And when I think, I think what you're saying too, like is important to note, like what you don't want to get into is oppression Olympics, right? Yeah. Like yeah. you don't want to start saying, well, I have it harder than you and blah, blah, blah. Cause then you can really start to like slice and dice it where it's like, oh, well in this area you don't, this area I do like, and that's not productive, right? Yeah, the, not the, the fact is like, if you hear of someone that is feeling this way or, mm -hmm. um, you know, you know that there are facts that, that point to any, any, you know, community or, or group, um, identity, whatever, 
feeling some type of oppression, it should be something that everyone is trying to help out with, yes. right? Yeah. yeah. And so I think, you know, even even when you were saying earlier about like, you know, I um, uh, I, I I found out about this and you know I was a, I was a blank slate, so like this was out of my control. I think even that that point there, there's that's where like a lot of people diverge. Where some people say, well, I had no control over this, so therefore I have no responsibility to this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Versus some people say like, I yeah, I had no control, but this is what I have inherited and things like that. So. I'm going to try to weaponize it or, or do some good with it, right? And I think everyone everyone has a little bit of privilege in, di- in some different area. And it's like, how do you use that for someone to kind of counteract their their yeah. their underprivileged, yeah. mm-hmm. um, you know, background in, in, that sa- in that same area, right? Yeah. Like, I think it's like a puzzle, right? We can all kind of help out in different ways, right? Like, that's that's where even for, 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 for me as an Asian American, like, I know... Um, there are some areas where, hey, we need some help. And there's some clearly some industries where we are underrepresented. But I also know, like, hey, there's some industries where we're very overrepresented. Yeah. Or the, the, there are some truths to these stereotypes that maybe we can use for the benefit of others, right? So that's, so we got to get creative like that. And I would hope that people in, you know, different communities can look at themselves and do that, do that work in themselves. That's, that's the most I can ask for people right now is like, hey, I'm going to look at myself, like like you're saying too, like look at what I can do better in my community. But I hope that everyone else too is saying, oh yeah, I noticed that, I noticed that a lot of this is happening here and it's coming from my community. I'm going to try to, yeah. you know, have an impact, yeah. right? Yeah, so. Definitely. And the blank slate thing I said before, I wasn't trying to like, oh no, I know, responsibility yeah, yeah. or anything like that. Yeah. I just think, and it was to kind of, when we were, we're bringing up raising kids in this world and everything, how we're all starting as blanks. Like exactly, it's so yeah. important about what we teach them. And, oh, yeah. Um, like a child wearing, like holding a Nazi sign does not know what he's, exactly. what he or she is no, doing, exactly. you know? Not at all. But then when they get to the age where, you know, they've caused damage by doing that, they have to own that responsibility. Exactly. Yeah. 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 It, it, everything when it comes down to like what, after you have been, you know, uh, given the information, yes. it's your choice. Okay, well, what are you going to do with it? Are you going to ignore it? Are you going to mm-hmm. actually fight against it? Or are you going to lean into it, right? It's yeah. like... Yeah, it's, it's those different. different I think options. if you if you truly believe in equality, you don't just you know think everyone's equal. It's you you weaponize your privilege that you have to make sure yeah. that everyone's equal. Yeah. And, and you recognize like equality most. across across the board. I've been doing a lot of research into male domestic violence and abuse, like as male victims mm-hmm. with domestic mm-hmm. violence and abuse, and the amount of legislation that has like really hindered. Um, I have someone very very close to me who was very abused by his ex wife, mm-hmm. and the amount of people who ridiculed him, who mm-hmm. laughed at him, who brushed off any physical violence he endured from his ex-wife it, it like really was upsetting and even like resources for men there's like what f- maybe i think four male domestic victim uh shelters in mm. in globally like oh, wow. none and yeah. so i think for me as as a woman like i'm like okay if i truly believe in equality i have to be just as passionate about making sure that this is an equal place as well even though most of my life i'm taught you know you're usually a victim of a man um, I don't know. I just think all of us have improvement to grow and there's there's always some facet where you're going to have it better than someone else and worse mm-hmm. than someone else. And mm-hmm. that is all out of our control. All we can do is try to even the odds and make sure everyone's taken care of. Right. That Even the odds, that's the thing. Like yeah. when, when someone is actually so privileged, they see equaling out as suppression or, oh, sorry, oppression. Yeah. Is that, I, that, I don't, I can't claim that oh, quote, but you know what oh, I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's oh. like, when you're privileged, uh, uh, equality feels like oppression. Right. Because like you're essentially coming down when, when someone's trying to come up, but everyone's just yeah. trying to get to this equal yeah. spot. Yeah. So that, that Delta like segment is like, oh, what's going on? I'm losing all this power. I'm losing all this, you know. Yeah, it's, like, it's tough on someone's yeah. ego. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, it's, yeah, sometimes yeah. it's as simple as just ego too. Right? It is, yeah. 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 I and, I, and I think like, 
that's what I that's what I can imagine when you're talking about like you know your white friends that they get triggered like that's I think that's just ego where they're like hey 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 don't talk about that around me like yeah. that's, not, that's not me it's like hey dude I'm not talking about you I'm yeah. talking about like what's yeah. going on in the world <laughs> yeah right yeah. so like I, that's why I'll say when people get offended it's like the only people that would get offended by a tweet about white nationalism or racism are are people that feel like they are like like. Why do you feel like you're being attacked? This is not directed you, you, at you. Yeah. Unless yeah. You're I'm just saying racist this. people. Yeah. 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 You know? yeah. Right. So yeah. you shouldn't be offended if I'm calling out like, you know, white supremacy because you're not a white supremacist, right? right? So, you know, yeah. So yeah. it's that it's that weird kind of dance you do with people. No, this is I mean, yeah, you guys you guys have asked a lot of good questions and and I mean yeah, I have no part of me that was like, oh my god, I can't believe I need to lay it out here no I thought it was awesome I thought it was great that you guys were willing to do something like this thank you thank you no this is like we appreciate you guys coming on so much I I learned a ton and and I'm really appreciative of it yeah and I hope your I hope your fans did too you know I hope hope they they got something out of it as well I hope you like comment and subscribe to (laughs) (laughs) anti-racism yeah gotta do a do one of these at the end of this (laughs) I think a lot of people are gonna leave this episode knowing a lot um, but then it's like what to do with that knowledge so if we can just wrap this up by um, I just wanted to ask you guys what is the the best thing that everyone could do walking away from this episode as far as like speaking up speaking out yeah. um, or, or what does that look like I think that for hmm, I think that goes that can be kind of in a couple different silos like I think specifically for the AAPI community mm-hmm, right um, well I was gonna say actually depending on uh, like what type of listener like yeah or, yeah. yeah you're right and now, that, so yeah, yeah both, both, both addressing both of those like for okay, example great. like if there's one of your viewers that literally does not know any Asian people in their in their community, like I wouldn't tell them like, hey, you need to just go find a ra- random Asian person and just like say I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> like that's not what we're asking for yeah. here. But like I think because we are in such a connected world, um, for sure, you know, start if anything we've said here uh, like kind of made you you know like your ears like perk up a little bit. Like do some more research, right? Mm-hmm. Um, try to understand like what, well, what was that thing that they said about? I've never heard about that, right? Yeah. And then because we're, everyone's on social media, if you see someone that's bullying someone, like even virtually, of, of course, you know, in, in real life, but virtually, or if you see ignorance virtually, like, yeah, you, you should call it out. You should tell someone to like, you know, mm-hmm. you know, sit this out or hey, read the room or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, yes, if you do have experiences where you, are interacting with another Asian person and there is some type of bullying or there is some type of um, aggression, whether it's like micro or something like really dangerous, like try to support them, Mm -hmm. right? I I will never say like you need to step in harm's way, like that gets into a really dicey area, but at the the very least, like show that 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 person who's getting like, you know, belittled or attacked is not alone. Yeah. Uh, I think that's really, really important. Like, you know, mm-hmm. you, you saw this one recent video of a woman literally getting stomped outside of a, a oh, New York building and wow. the security guards closed the door on her. Yeah. And I'm just like, what is going what kind of old so, Filipino What woman. kind of society yeah. are we in? And so, so yeah, like, like be, try to be that person that, you know, helps out yeah. if, if you can, whether it's through words or through actions. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say vote with your dollar. I think, mm-hmm. I think money talks in our capitalist society and I think support support films that encourage diversity, that encourage mm-hmm. tolerance, that encourage compassion, you know, support businesses that are also yeah. speaking out about this. I think the strongest thing we can do as consumers is people love our attention and people love our money. So we're mm-hmm. going to put it towards the causes and the places that are supporting us. 
Yeah, that's awesome. that that that's actually the the most applicable and, and instant advice that I could give. Yeah. Like, or that that Phil that has a restaurant. Give. Buy from his restaurant. Uh, yeah, yeah. I have a cafe called Bobo Mofo Cafe. No, <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, we we are in a like you know an Asian enclave, you know, out in East East LA. Yeah. Um, and you know, we we get like you know whenever whenever I do see like non Asians that come through because it's a very Asian enclave. So whenever I see non Asians come through, I'm like, oh, thanks. You know, <laughs> they like drove out for I you. appreciate nice. that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so it it all it all it all definitely helps and matters. And yeah. like and that's where like even like same thing like. When, when BLM was happening and, and, and ongoing as it should, like, you know, seek out these black-owned businesses, seek yeah. out yeah. women-owned businesses, all this, right? Like, it, it really does um, make a difference specifically in, in tangible ways in those lives, right? Oh, like, yeah. don't wait for a violent attack to finally be like, oh, I care about Asian people, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. like we don't want, if anything, we don't want that to happen for you to exercise that power, right? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, Anna and Phil, thank you guys so much for taking the time out of your days to come and speak to us and sure. educate us and, and, uh, and our listeners too. And I'm sure they appreciate it very much. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was our, it was, it was our pleasure. And um, I'm glad we could like finally like have a, like a, like a chat. Yeah, yeah. I know. But it's really great that you guys are kind of, you know, taking on this uh, like this kind of type of content and, and, you know, reaching your fans in this way. So yeah. I, Thanks, I give man. you guys props. Thanks for I feel like it's our responsibility for sure. Thank you. Thanks guys. Sweet.